Welcome to the ninth episode of the Fifth Quarter Podcast with me, David Elliott from Lanyon Group. We're brought to you once again this month with the support of Armagh City, Bambridge and Craig Avon Borough Council's Food Heartland. Now this month, we're going to be talking to the man supplying salt aged meat to some of the world's top restaurants from his base in Moira. After that, we'll be heading to County Armagh to hear from Ryan McCracken, the founder of McCracken's Brewery. He talks us through his growing range of seven beers and porters, which he's exporting to the far corners of the world. But first, time to check in with Peter Hannan, the founder of Hannan Meats, to hear why Mark Hicks and Fortnum and Mason are big fans of his beef, lamb and pork. Um, Peter, I suppose, first of all, thank you for taking the time to do this, because I know you're an incredibly busy man um, running... Um, a very well-known meat empire in in Northern Ireland, one that loads of people will will know uh, from the menus of some of the best restaurants, not just here, but but uh, elsewhere around the UK and Ireland, and, and and possibly further afield. Hopefully, you're going to tell me that. Give us a, uh, I suppose, the the brief. W- w- tell us about Hannah Meats at the minute. Where is it now, um, and what does it do? Oh, um, well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be with you, uh, David, and thank you for having me along this morning. Um, where we are right now, I suppose we're probably the same as um, an awful lot of businesses throughout um, the industry is we're probably in, I call it, recovery phase. Um, you know, business has been through a very, very tough time. Our industry in particular, um, you know, we supply um, somewhat over 400 restaurants throughout the Ireland, the UK and Europe. And, you know, you get up one Monday morning and they're all closed. Um, and, you know, my heart goes out to each and every one of those um, because, you know, they're totally reliant upon their piece of that. Um, you know, but it, it, it's a bit of a shock to the system. Um, however, we were probably fortunate in some respects that we have a retail aspect to our business. We have, um, you know, a, a wholesale outlet at our factory in Moira. And we are very honoured and privileged to have some um, tremendous retail partners, um, the likes of Fortnum and Mason in London, the Grand Epicerie in Paris, and our great friends James Wheelan Butchers in the south of Ireland. And, you know, when people weren't able to access restaurants and one thing or another, um, they started to um, eat at home and eat more frequently at home. So instead of going out for a steak on Saturday night, they cooked a steak at home on Saturday night. So you know, we were a beneficiary of that there because we had a presence in that offering. And, um, you know, certainly that end of our business um, was very, very busy. Um, you know, we missed each and every one of our restaurants, but you know, they have since come back and they've come back very, very uh, vibrantly. Um, you know, we have clients in London who have the table available in the restaurant until the new year. Wow. Um, some of them, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's quite staggering. Um, really, you know, there, um, you know, before there were restrictions, you know, they may have had 70% occupancy, but, you know, even on a reduced um, capacity, you know, they're at 100% occupancy, which has a lot of them as busy as they would have been, um, and some, some even more so. Um, so, you know, right now we are, um, you know, we are very busy and we have all our business. We've managed to retain a lot of the additional um, retail business and um, obviously our restaurants are back and they're busy. So, you know, we're just keeping the head down and um, walking away 
and uh, thoroughly enjoying it. So delighted to see everybody back with the opportunity um, again and to see people out socialising and things like that there, albeit in a, um, you know, the safest possible manner. It's just wonderful, you know, it, it, it makes you realise, you know, the things that we take so much for granted when they're removed. Um, it's really then that you totally appreciate them, you know, something like, you know, going out for dinner and that sort of thing. You know, we've all, we all took that for granted. But when it was removed, you know, we kind of appreciate it a bit more. So we very much appreciate all the business that we have because we're back doing it and one thing in our, we're, you know, we work very, very closely in our industry. Like we have very personal relationships with a lot of our clients. And, you know, when you see people hurting, it's 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 it's, uh, it's not a nice thing, but it's great to see everybody back now with the opportunity to recoup, um, you know, some of what they lost. And, uh, you know, we'll all be okay. Um, you know, we just have to get on with it. And we're well used to it in our industry. We've had foot and mouth, BSE, horse gate, all those things. And you get a very dark day when these things land on your patch. But, you know, you've got to, the sun comes up the following morning and you get in the bike and pedal like Billy O and away you go. And that's, <laughs> you know, we're used to it. There's nothing, there's nothing easy. Yeah. Um, um, we're, 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 we're used to it. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're in a good place. Um, you know, we, we've been in business a long time and uh, we've built a strong business, one thing or um, And we just had to endure that. And then really that whole thing was looking after people and yeah. um, looking after our staff, looking after our clients. Um, you know, those people had difficult times, and, you know, in times like that. When you have a long-standing relationship, you just have to jump in and, and, and help. Um, and, you know, wherever that was the case, that's what we did. And, and uh, yeah, and we're all out and we're healthy and well, and that's all that matters. And, and Peter, for anybody that doesn't know about and I'd, I'd be surprised if they, did, they didn't uh, know about the business, but if you had to describe it and how it, uh, how it differentiates itself from other kind of meat businesses within the world, um, how, how, how would you sell it? Okay, well, you know, I was giving a talk the other day and that precise um, topic came up. It was about premiumization and one thing. And I'd say, you know, maybe 15 years ago, we took a good look at our own business. And, um, you know, we analyzed it and, you know, we asked ourselves the question, you know, if, if we're to maintain and grow our business, um, you know, what have we got in our favor that is going to make chefs come and buy their produce from us uh, or, you know, whoever our consumer is, you know, why, why should they come to us and buy it? And we basically concluded that unless our food was premium or special, or when you put it in your mouth, you could taste the difference, that it was going to be a struggle. Um, you know, people are eating less meat, but better meat. And, um, you know, we, we decided we had to make our food better. And, and, and that's across the range. Um you know, everything we cure, everything we manufacture, everything we age, we had to try and make it as as, as as good as it could be. Actually, I remember the analogy very, very well that we made back in, I think it was 2010 or 11. And we looked at what the great, the Guild of Fine Food was doing with great taste awards. And it was new to us. We had never, um, you know, been um, involved in it. And we looked at, um, you know, the way they were blind tasting things. And it seemed like a very, very honest process with integrity and things like that there. And they had a star rating system where they gave something one, two or three stars, if it was worthy of any of those. And the three star was called Wow Food. And it was 
if you put it in your mouth, you were going, wow. And, you know, we kind of latched on to that. And the ambition was to make wow food. You know, we, we want to have some wow food. Why, why don't we make our food in, in, into that there? And in 2011, we got our first three-star award, which is the wow food category. And it was like all our birthdays had landed on the same day. And <laughs> there was a huge amount of pride throughout the organization because, you know, for a lot of people, and certainly us then, it was a lifetime ambition to ever get something into that category where you would be making something so good that people were saying, wow, when they tasted it. And I think today, 10 years later, I think we've 31 of those or something like that. Wow. So there you go. Um, it's been a long journey, um, you know, but it's it, it's the cumulative effort and dedication and perseverance of a team of wonderful people. You know, I get hauled out by the years for all the awards and all the bits and pieces and one thing, and that's all very, very nice. But, you know, behind that, I'm not making the award-winning sausage on Monday morning, but somebody is, and, you know, it's them who are rowing the boat. I'm just steering the ship. Um, you know, a lot of the credit comes down your pipe and you're the one, as I say, who's on the parapet. But, you know, it's a team of wonderful people. And, it's you know, it's a team of great producers. I mean, our farmers. I mean, you know, we've got to recognise, you know, that we're maybe in the front line for a lot of these things. But what goes on behind them is what really matters. You cannot do that without great collaboration. And collaboration with your producers collaboration with your customers, people who, you know, partner you down along the road, the likes of Fortnum and Mason, who are the most incredible people to work with. Um, you know, the, the collaboration that goes on there on an ongoing basis. You know, when you put people together who are passionate about the same thing, making great food, offering great food, things like that there. You know, you can get some serious traction going. Um, you know, if everybody's focused and pointed in the same direction, you know, that's a very, very strong vehicle coming down the pipe at you. Um, so, you know, we're, as I say, hugely privileged, um, you know, that we um, have relationships with a lot of people who are right at the top of their game. I mean, the likes of... Mark Hicks, Angela Hart, Richard Corrigan, um, all those people, you know, they'll, they'll keep you sharp. You know, these are people who know their industry inside out. And if you're going along for the ride, you you, know, you better be running at speed. And, and, you know, they rely on you to bring them the wherewithal for what it is that they're going to do. So, you know, our ambition back then and, and it remains today is to make our food as good as it can be. Um, and, and that's as much as we can aspire to, making it as good as it can be. I mean, we have an ingredients business, and the reason we have that is so is that we have control over every ingredient that goes into our food. You know, we have wonderful, wonderful raw materials here in Northern Ireland, and utilising those, and they deserve to be made as good as they can be. You know, they, they warrant that. They totally deserve it. So, you know, we are part of, we're part of that team. Um, but it is a huge team effort, um, you know, from from the farm the whole way right through through to the plate. And we rely on our chefs, you know, to present that after all the work that goes into it, to make it as good as it can be. And I mean, you have wonderful chefs here in Northern Ireland who are doing that day in and day out and representing us and been very kind and accredited us with what we're doing in the background. Um, you know, that's a huge privilege and it, 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 it's a great honour. And it's a great honour to work with you know, um, wonderful people who um, are right at the top of their game. And, you know, 
we, we sometimes take those things for granted, um, but certainly we don't. We recognise those every morning we get up and, you know, we try and, and stand up and do our part. And, you know, I, I have an expression that, you know, in life, the difference between good and great, it doesn't matter what business you're in, what industry and what process. You know, the difference between good and great is exactly the same thing. It's attention to detail. You know, those small little things that you think, oh, well, that won't matter. That's quite possibly the one thing that will make the difference. You know, so we try and pay fair attention to detail. Um, you know, the small things um, do matter. And, you know, we must do the small things um, so as that we end up with a level of consistency. If you do the same thing a different way, um, you're going to end up with a different end result. So the only way you can get consistency, and, and you know, in the meat business, we start off with the single most inconsistent raw material in the world because you'll never have that same side of beef again. Um, you know, so to bring a level of consistency and to raise it up so as that the worst you ever have is very good. Um, you know, that, that has taken a bit of doing and, you know, the likes of our aging process, you know, the salt aging, the, the Himalayan salt is gets the headline because it's the sexy bit. But it's, you know, it, 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 it's like everything else. It's just one part of a process and one player on the team and that sort of thing. It's a very important one. But, you know, the work that goes on behind that is is, is, is quite colossal. But you, you must do it exactly the same every single time, to, as I say, to make something as good as it can be. Yeah. Well, take me back, as you, as you say there, you know, you've, the business has really grown. Take me back to how you got into the business and how you've grown it to this stage, because I believe you were, you got into the meat game at a pretty early age. Yeah, well, you know, it was it was easy because, you know, um, we were farmers in County Kildare and, uh, you know, everything we ate, we reared. Um, you know, lambs went to the abattoir and one thing and came home and went into the freezer and one thing and all. My father had a business and he was a very busy man and one thing or so. From an early age, that part of the process was kind of left to me. And I wasn't much of a scholar. Um, you know, whenever there wasn't something going on the farm, he went to school. And uh, But, you know, my father, who had left school very, very early to um, rear the family and that sort of thing at home, um, in his in his in his own um, childhood, um, he, he was very ardent that we got an education. One thing or so, um, I finished up in Castlenock College, and uh, the Hannans were always vets, and it was anticipated that I'd be a vet. And you know, I'm not saying I was capable, or I mightn't have done it. My 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 father's brother was the dean of the faculty of veterinary in Trinity College for twenty odd years, and. Wow. Uh, the, um, yeah, my father discussed about me being a vet, and I said, boss, I've no stomach for seven years in, in uh, study up there. So the, the, the ultimate thing was I, I in, in, in 1978, I looked over my shoulder, I waved goodbye, and I kept on walking. So I had to get a job. And, um, you know, I, with what we did at home in butchery and, you know, all that sort of thing, and then I started, um, you know, providing lambs for friends of my mother's freezer and that sort of thing and, and you know it, it just kind of evolved there was no plan but I had a great love of it so I got a job in the in the local meat factory um, Premier Meats and Salons and I worked hard um, and I ended up in the packing um, houses of Chicago and wow. I went I went away there because you know if you travel far away people aren't threatened by what they teach you um, you know there's 
somebody's always looking over your shoulder if you're a threat and if you're at home and you know that's the case so I went away to America and spent a couple of years and I came home and I got a very um, good job sorting out a factory that there was it could only get better than where it was and I got asked to do it and it was successful and then I ended up spending a number of years um, working with Seamus Purcell and I bought him five meat factories and um, you know we slaughtering a lot of meat to go to North Africa then um, I sold one of his factories to another gentleman Peter Queely of uh, Dawn Meats and um, um, I spent a few years with Peter and then in 1989 I just wanted out of that um, you know there wasn't I had a passion to sort of do things different Um, I wanted to do it in a smaller but more um, uh, you know, uh, just a better way. Um, I just thought, look, you know, this is very commercial and one thing and another. And, you know, I just wanted a little to, to be a little bit more touchy-feely and to sort of try and make a difference. And uh, so we started up here in the north of Ireland um, in 1989. And uh, we were basically a brokerage. We were buying meat from several processors throughout the country and selling it into customers that we had and, you know, become familiar with in the UK and that sort of thing. And it was all fine and well. But then, you know, some local restaurateurs heard there was a meat operation in the in the town and sort of came and said, look, could we buy meat for our restaurants? And, and this was in was, Moira? In Moira, yeah. yeah. They, it wasn't on our radar at all. And, and, you know, when they told us what they were getting, we said, well, you know, we, we can give you something better than that if that's what you want. And that was where it kind of all evolved from, David. You know, um, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't on our radar to go, go down the food service route. But, you know, we, we enjoyed it and and, uh, and we put a van on the road and I drove it myself for six months to see if there was a business in it. And uh, three months later, we put on a, a, a second vehicle and one thing in our hand. And the business just grew from that. And then, you know, we were in Northern Ireland and then it sort of spread throughout the island and then sort of spread further field. And, you know, we now supply into Hong Kong, Macau, places like that there. Once again, they were never on the radar. Um, you know, people, you know, can take credit and say, oh, the plan was. We didn't have a plan. Um, you know, we, we, we don't make plans like that. Um, we might have ambition, but, um, you know, we're reactive. If somebody comes and they're a good partner, um, you know, we'll try and partner with them. And, you know, if you do your business in a very transparent way and, and, and you know, behave with some integrity and you've a partner who does exactly the same thing, that will be successful. You know, if you bring all the ingredients to bake the cake, you'll bake something very, very nice with it. Yeah, yeah. And now you, you're... you're based in Moira still. You've got, yeah, what, well, 100 you know, odd farms around the island of Ireland, but you're supplying, as you say, restaurants closer to Hong Kong. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, you know, and that's all at this stage within Northern Ireland. Um, we're spreading it out all island. Um, and, you know, that will grow. It's a wonderful, wonderful um, model for beef farming going forward. Um, we pay our farmers a premium to produce very, very nice short-horn beef. Mm-hmm. exactly the way we wanted coming to us and they do a tremendous job um on that there so we pay them a premium to do that and uh and it works and they're very sustainable they're very profitable and um yeah it works for everybody but you know business has to work for everybody or it it it, it, it doesn't sustain itself um you know so we produce some very nice beef um you know a rack of our Glenarm short horn beef won our second supreme championship of the great taste awards in 2016 something i thought a piece of raw meat beef could never ever do but it did 
And uh, yeah, we have wonderful partners in, say, the likes of Fortum and Mason and James Whelan Butchers who share and enjoy that with us. And um, yeah, if as I say, if it if it works for everybody, it's sustainable and it's good. And if it doesn't work for everybody, it's not. So it's very important to take stock of the people are, are, are about you on your supply side and um, you know on your customer side. You know, to see a health check of them every now and again is is is, is a very good investment because you know if you, if you're building that, um, you, you have a part of it. And you need to make sure that it's in it's in good order all the time. And you have, I mean, as you mentioned, Fortnum and Mason, you've got some really uh, prime retailers in, in in Paris, in Dublin. You've got some chefs, celebrity chefs, uh, chefs that maybe aren't as well known, but are more more kind of Michelin starred chefs. They're raving about your meat. Um, was it a case of literally just going knocking the door in the early days to to get in front of them to let them taste your produce? And and to get that kind of because that kind of advocacy, that kind of secondhand advocacy, is so powerful um, uh, for for a business like yours. It, it's hugely. I and mean, then you see, look, you know, we did never have a marketing budget, and we've never had a rep on the road, um, and that sort of thing. And you know, you might say we've been very fortunate, and I'd say that that, that would be true. But you know, our philosophy was always to make great food and then get it into people's mouths, you know. And, you know, I can't, um, you know, if, if I tell you my steak is great, that's a pretty hollow statement. You know, what else would you expect me to say? But if somebody of note tells you, oh, my God, you must taste his, yeah. you know, whatever. Now, that holds some water, um, and that goes a long way. And I suppose it really did start back in 2012 when we won our first great taste Supreme Championship. Like, I mean, that's people describe it as a wave. It's not a wave. It's a tsunami comes down your pipe. I mean, they they brought down our website. So that's so powerful. Those awards are so powerful that they... I mean, well, you know, when you're number one out of 12 or 14,000 products, really, you know, great food and drink products. And when you come out at number one, the food world stops and draws breath and says, oh, my God, that must be something special. So yeah. you're, on the, you're on the stage, whether you like it or not. And, you know, that has been very good to some people over the years and very bad to some people over the years, because unless you're ready to swim in that wave when it comes, it's just going to wipe you away. So, you know, we were, um, our neighbour here in Moira, George McCartney, had won it the year before. So we had seen oh, my God, you know, when that happens, this is what happens as a result. And, um, you know, in 2012, when it came down our pipe, it took a girl, um, you know, a full week of cutting and pasting to um, reply to people who had, you know, inquired about this, that, and the other one. So, you know, we were very fortunate. And I remember the following day, it was probably another landmark in in our um, history. The following day, um, before I removed the trophy off the island and brought it back to Northern Ireland, I went to Bob Farrand, who is the chairman of the Guild of Fine Food, and I said, Bob, just before I head home, I said, it's only changing the flight. I said, do your sponsors or anybody else need me or want anything, do their PR, you know, they need a pound of flesh and one thing. So he rang Fortnum and Mason and... and um, they were absolutely thrilled. They said, if you could come for lunch and we could get a few photographs and one thing and our with the trophy and all that sort of thing, it would be marvellous. So a couple hours later, I found myself sitting down with the food director of Fortnum and Mason, having a very nice lunch and a lovely bottle of wine. And, one <laughs> and he says to me, he says, uh, 
So he says, what else do you do besides guanciale? And I said, well, we do some very nice beef. And he said, oh, he says, well, we're, this was September. He says, we're in Ireland next year. He says, we'll maybe call to you. So I said, you'd be most welcome. And I said, a lot of our neighbours would love to meet you too and that sort of thing. So I got home the following day and uh, I popped a bit of the beef into a box, dropped him an email and said, by the way, in the morning, the beef I was telling about is landing at your door. Hope you enjoy it. Look forward to seeing you next year. <laughs> So the following morning, the phone rings and it's the food director. And he says, where are you next week? And I said, uh, I said, I'm not anywhere next week. He says, good, because he says, we're coming to see you. <laughs> so they came over and th- that was the start of the most wonderful um, relationship. And, you know, the then CEO um, who had just been recent, had recently been appointed U Inventors is the most incredible partner um, you could have. You know, you couldn't dream of working with, um, uh, you know, any better person because, you know, the vision, the passion, the, um, you know, the drive, the dedication, one thing. So, you know, when you're hooked into that, um, you know, you, you're, you're along for the ride and, um, you know, it is hold on tight because it's, 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 it's some spin. Um, you know, they are the greatest front window for food in the world. Yeah. And you know, when they put your food in their window, well, you know, there's half your market and budget um, and it didn't cost anything under your dedication and your partnership and, 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 and that sort of thing. So, you know, we have been hugely, um, you know, honored and um, fortunate to be the beneficiary of lots of things like that. I mean, you know, back 10 or 11 years ago, um, I ran into Mark Hicks standing outside the restaurant having a cigarette, taking the air, as they say. <laughs> and, and we just struck up a conversation. And, you know, short time later, he was in Ireland and, uh, you know, he was opening restaurants and we had a product that was a perfect fit for what he was doing. And so, you know, now we're in partnership with one of the greatest chefs that has ever lived. Um, and, you know, these people introduce each other, people in the yeah. network. If you're good enough to supply Fortnum and Mason, good enough to supply Mark Hicks, hey, well, you know, we don't need a sample of you. Can you supply us too? So, you know, it has been a, it, it has been a ride. And, um, you know, the, the, the privilege of dealing with people at the level that we um, do and have done is, is you know, it's a, it's a tremendous, um, it's a tremendous honour. And we're very, very fortunate that, you know, we're, we're up in the clean water and we're close to the sunshine up there. It's very, very nice. I mean, when you're dealing, um, you know, with a lot of very good people, it makes, it makes the day a very, very different uh, thing. Yeah, and it's it just it just reinforces how important personality is, and and just getting to know people face to face in in those environments and building those relationships. Yeah, and then, you know the network. I mean, the food community is a very close, tight community. Everybody knows everybody else, and if they don't know them on a personal basis, they certainly know of them. So, you know, we don't advertise, we don't uh, we don't knock on anybody's door. By and large, people know where we are, and if we can assist them in any way. Um, they'll ring and they'll be treated like a friend. And, um, you know, if there's something there that's good for everybody to do, it'll be done in a very open, honest um, way. And, and and we'll get on and do it and we won't make any fuss about it or that sort of thing. You know, we just, you know, we're in the service industry. You know, it's up to us to provide the service. Um, you know, no questions asked, what can we do for you? And if we can do it, we'll get on and do it. And if we can't, we'll uh, do nobody any harm. We'll just say, look, that's maybe not for us. 
um, but maybe here's somebody who can help you or that sort of thing. Say, so, you know, it's the way you behave yourself in business. You know, yeah. um, you've got to act with integrity and you've got to do um you, you've got to do the best you can by people um you know and there's nobody too small and there's nobody too big and you just have got to and um, behave in in in, in, in an honorable fashion very good and i suppose peter as we uh, we'll have to look to wind down now where we're, we're time's marching on but where do you go next with the business you know you're 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 already you said it yourself you're already in the, in the best uh shop window in the world you know what's next you know um we're, we're, as I said earlier, we didn't plan anything, um, and I wouldn't be um, of the opinion that um, we we have plans. But you know, we there's lots of exciting things on the horizon. Um, you know, as I said, we're dealing with some very very good people, and they take us along. Um, we're an integral part of their business as they are of ours, and some of them have very exciting plans over the next three to five years of which we are very privileged to be a part of. You know, so th- that's where we're going. We're going where they're going. Um, you know, this is this is very, very much a partnership. Uh, we view our business um, that way. And uh, we're going along for the ride. So minding them and what they're doing and, and, and the same way as they mind us, that's where, that's where we're going to. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, there's never a dull day. You know, there's always something, there's always something exciting going on. And, you know, the rollout of our business is something that, you know, it has been growing and growing substantially over the last number of years. And, you know, we anticipate that it will continue to do that. And, um, you know, working with the people that we work with, just very, very exciting times ahead. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but do you enjoy it? Oh God, um, you couldn't get out of bed at four o'clock every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done a day's work in my life. Um, I get out of bed to do what I love doing. I, I haven't used an alarm clock in 35 years. Um, I just, the eyes pop and it's, come on, let's see what we can do today. God, I love it. Um, I absolutely love what I do. It's, and you know, it's, it's all about the people. It's not about the process. It's not about anything like that. You know, every day is an exciting day. You can make a difference and, you know, yeah. It's it's people that make it interesting, David. It just is such um, you know such an exciting thing, as I say, to um, you know share the whole thing with people who are on the same journey. Brilliant. Four o'clock, though that's early. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy during the summer, but it's not so easy during the winter. But you get up when the eyes wake. She kicked me out because I'd only be turning around in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good. <laughs> Uh, Peter, listen, thanks so much for your time. It's a really interesting journey. Um, I've always admired the, the, the business and, and it's great to see it doing so well. It's great to see it in, in all corners of the world. And I think you're a great ambassador for Northern Ireland food as well and and that kind of collaborative, you know, uh, marketing of it all. So, so thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope we get to chat again soon. Well, I no, thank you for the very kind words, very generous and kind words. And it's an absolute pleasure to be with you and all the very best going forward. Perfect. Thank you. From Peter, it's down the road to McCracken's Brewery to chat to founder Ryan. He explains how he's turned a hobby brewing beer into a globe-trotting business. Um, so, first of all, 
Ryan, thanks for taking the time to join us today on the podcast. Um, it's going to be really, having just read a little bit about your business, you know, uh, we want to just find out a little bit more. So for anybody that doesn't know about it, um, bring us up to speed to, to what, what you, your business does and, and, uh, and, and where you're based. Sure, David. Thanks for, thanks for having me. But uh, yeah, we have uh, uh, a business called McCracken's Brewery. Uh, we started out in uh, 2018, making a small range of uh, beers at the time. Uh, started out with a bit of a, a you know, passion, a hobby, uh, turning into a dream, uh, starting our own brewery. Uh, we did that, as I say, in 2018. We've uh, since gone on uh, to win quite a few awards, uh, particularly this year. We've uh, expanded our range up to eight beers, uh, ranging everything from uh, a new Pilsner, which we've uh, just brought on board, to a number of pale ales, um, a red, an Irish red, and an Irish stout. So we've uh, grown considerably over the last few years, actually, uh, to the point where we had to expand uh, quite rapidly. And we're, we're now uh, exporting to Italy. And in fact, I'm to go on a business trip uh, to meet the strippers on Friday. Gosh, and and tell me, Ryan, is is that? Um, I mean, it's quite a astounding growth from from 2018. How did it all come about? Were you working in the brewing industry before, or, or was it, as you say, was it just a passion uh, project of yours initially? It was literally, it was literally a hobby. Uh, I loved, I love craft beers. Um, and about eight, eight, nine years ago, started asked uh, my wife for a uh, Christmas present, uh, and that was uh, a craft beer kit. Uh-huh. And it was literally a uh, a bucket with a packet of extract, and you you add it to the bucket, add your water, and that was it. Uh-huh. Uh, but that got me that got me hooked uh, i went from just using that extract kits right up to uh making our own all grain um all grain beer uh, basically follow the same brewing process as the, the larger uh breweries uh and in fact we do now uh things escalated quite quickly it got the stage where we were just uh you know, developing more and more recipes um getting bigger and better kit every time to the point where uh, it did become then a dream of starting starting a brewery, and when we moved uh, house back in 2017, we we're lucky enough to have some outbuildings. We we're able to convert into our brewery, and it basically started from there. Got everything converted. Got our uh, original kit was a 300 liter system, able to just about uh, 2,000 liters a month. Wow. Um, and it yeah, we, we got to the point where we were uh, we needed. To increase capacity. Uh, in fact, even with the issues last year, we got back and we did lose quite a bit of business in the first lockdown. About eighty percent of the business went overnight. Gosh! Uh, but through expander business and retail uh, and the online market, through Amazon, through various online platforms, we were able to get that business back again. Uh, only after a few short months, thankfully, and we. We were then able to uh, get back to where we were pre-pandemic levels uh, and quickly realized we needed to expand. We then spent the next few months just working working out how to do that, the point where we got our received our new system back in, uh, back in June of this year. Um, it took two to three months before it was actually fully up and running and now we're, we've maximized out our current uh, space. Um, we're we're able to produce uh, about 8,000 litres a month currently. 
uh, we've expanded the range. Uh, we've uh, expanded into uh, cans as well as bottles. Um, and we're actually in the process of expanding again. And with that, we're going to have to build uh, build an extension on their current property and we're essentially going to be traveling capacity again wow. over the next few months so so the pandemic while it had a bit of a short-term impact on you it, it kind of helped the business pivot into into new markets would that be right yeah it was certainly a roller coaster of a year um particularly back in march where we're just developing uh or just actually introduced a range of ke- you know uh, kegs as well uh we had you know, all the kegs ready to go to market. Some of them went out to the bars and restaurants already. And then uh, a couple of days later, everything uh, had a shot, unfortunately. Uh, impacted, obviously, everybody uh, heavily, as I'm sure we all yeah. know. Uh, and it left me with uh, quite a few kegs. That um, It was a, a choice of drinking what we could <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> or, uh, dumping, uh, or dumping what we could. So we were able to... You know, we were able to use uh, <laughs> what we could of them, but some did unfortunately have to go down the drain. <laughs> and and what what does the future hold, Ryan? You you mentioned there, you know, you're heading to Italy to sell a beer in there. Are you going to try and expand that export market a bit more? Yeah, definitely. Um, we're heading to Italy. We've got a couple of um, we're doing a, we're doing a couple of nights uh, where I'm doing some talks in some of the, the local bars in Milan. Wow. Um, just uh, just to get our product out there a wee bit more. Um, the, the we sent some kegs, some pallets of kegs across the uh-huh. Milan just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so they've all been sold already. They're all in the bars, and it's just really to get uh, get the locals to try it and see what they think, uh, and just generally have a good time and uh, progress from there. Uh, we are actually also speaking with uh, uh, sort of nationwide Italian distributors. So. Uh-huh. Fingers crossed there as well. And is that? Do you speak Italian, or is that is that a difficult process? Because you know it's it sounds frightening. I know about two words, so <laughs> it'll be interesting. <laughs> you know, beer and thank you. You'll probably be all right. Um, no, that's that's really interesting. Do they? I mean, are they after a specific type of beer, or or do you sell it very much uh, on the uniqueness of a kind of Northern Irish beer? Well, so far, they've uh, really loved our Irish stout. Um, an Irish red ale and our, and our Irish uh, pale ale. So I think that the fact that we're Irish, Northern Irish, it's, uh, it, it certainly helps. Yeah. Uh, and it's something a bit unique where they don't have that currently yeah. as much. So, yeah, it's gone down really well so far. In fact, I've uh, I've actually received a few phone calls from uh, Italians just to uh, say how much they love the wow. beer. <laughs> yeah. That- that must um, be, be nice um, to hear it from so far away. Yep, exactly. So, so where next? The uh, rest of Europe, US, maybe if if you know if you're playing in that kind of uh, Irish side of things. Hopefully, there's not actually a week goes by. I don't get contacted through social media where uh, where people in America or Australia are asking uh, where can they get it from. So it's just really about expanding our capacity up to the point where we can meet that demand and hopefully. Uh, Hook in with some uh, local distributors. Yeah, and and and, and just 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 push it push it on. What's it been like growing the business? Because um, you, you know you've come come so far. I'm sure it's been uh, quite a roller coaster. Yeah, it's uh, certainly has. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> I would never have envisaged would be where we are at the minute. 
prior to even starting, you yeah. know, sitting, uh, we're going to be sitting at the weekend, uh, drinking our beers and <laughs> <on> Italian bars. <laughs> you know, uh, we're on Amazon, Amazon Prime. We're in uh, a number of trade sites. Um, we're speaking with a number of local distributors as well at the minute, just with yeah. our increased capacity. It's, um, it certainly has been a bit of a roller coaster, you know, the very start where we're, you know, it was a huge learning curve, particularly. Um, but we, you know, we got past that learning curve. It was obviously a bit daunting. Literally going from a, a small 50-liter system, uh, we made a jump from, yeah. to even a 300-liter system. Wow. Um, and it was getting the grips of that. A uh, similar process. So that, that was okay, but it was just really, uh, you know, dealing with the, uh, you know, with the uh, much how much we've actually been able to expand in such a short time. And even going from that 300 liter system uh, to the 1,000 liter system we were currently working on, it was uh, it was equally, it was daunting. Um, but one thing I've learned is just to break things down in uh, smaller chunks, yeah. um, take things slowly and just try not let the, let it uh, you know be too overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, wise, wise words. Interesting you're using Amazon, because I imagine that's a, a, a really handy way to distribute uh, and take some of that, that hassle out of things for you. Is it, has it been a good experience? Yeah. Uh, at the very start, it was one of those learning curves. Uh, we had to we had to resolve some issues we had with the uh, boxes Yeah. Uh, for shipping. Um, uh, and I say, when... You know, the pandemic hit, there were shortages of everything. Yeah. Um, obviously, PPE, but cardboard was uh, was a main thing, which, which was hard to get our hands on. Hard, it was uh, massive lead times to get, you know, the appropriate things delivered and in. Yeah. But we got, you know, given enough time, we got around that problem. But yeah, the, that that's all sorted. Um, but yeah, no, we find the overall experience has been quite good. Um, and as you say, it takes a lot of the hassle out of... Uh, delivering products yourselves and they, they they take a lot of that on themselves yeah no i'm uh, i'm just thinking you know for other kind of northern ireland uh, food producers it, it it will be a good avenue to to, to look down yep certain, certainly worth uh, looking into um tell me and, and i suppose you know this is the key question what is your favorite um beer for the ones you produce um, I, i'm looking at a, at a, at a brilliant uh, picture on, on your website of all the different types um, and uh, <laughs> you know, you've got plenty to choose from. Yeah, uh, they're all good, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but personal favourites, personal favourites would probably be the Irish Pale Ale and the Irish Red, and actually the the Irish Stout as well, the Black. The Black. Um, there have been a uh, free go tos after uh, sitting in the fridge. The others have their have their uh, you know the the I would drink them all obviously. Yeah. Uh, some go really well with food others are nice to when you're having a nice barbecue sitting out yeah. um so it'll be more of a session sessional drink yeah and then summer uh like our double ipa we're actually moved up at seven and a half percent so Ooh. it's it's a nice one to Punchy. uh finish the night off with a couple i <laughs> <laughs> don't certainly finish a lot of a lot of nights off for me um, <laughs> no that's great well listen right it's a it's a Brilliant story, uh, you know. I know it's a really well loved, um, a well loved beer. And, and one thing we should say is that you know you're based in Armagh, um, so you know a, a, a great company it, near Armagh. Is that right? We're in Portadown, um, so yeah, just you know near Armagh. It's County Armagh. County Armagh. Uh, Apple, County Armagh. So Apple, uh, Apple country. But we have uh, we've decided to change that, and we're 
where as well as being an upper country uh, known for its ciders, we're hopefully making a name for ourselves and uh, craft beers now as well. Yeah. One thing I would like to also say as well, we do, you know, we do our ethos would be uh, support local. Yeah. You know, where we can, everything will is you know, we we'll try and get everything local. Uh-huh. Uh, ingredients come from Ranelstown, you know, our bottles uh, just outside Belfast. Brilliant. Our uniforms, uh, uniforms, packing, labels, uh, all within about five miles. Wow. So it's definitely something we would, you know, we would push and um, we want to support, support the local economy yeah. where we can. Well, you know, you could open up a bar um, next door soon, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> the next way. Great job. Um, Ryan, thanks so much. It's really interesting to hear. It's really interesting to hear your experience of, of, of building the business. And it's it's great to hear somebody that kind of follows a passion and, and it really makes a, makes a business out of it because, you know, I think that's what we all dream of doing. So thanks for sharing that, that journey with us. And uh, we'll hopefully chat again sometime. Thank you. Thanks for having me, David. Super. Thank you. Quite a journey there for Ryan, which I'm sure was going to continue in the months ahead. Now with that, the ninth episode of the Fifth Quarter Podcast comes to a close. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, please do get in touch if you want to tell us your agri-food story. I'd like to thank Arma City Banbridge and Craig Avonborough Council's Food Heartland for their support and to all our contributors for their time. Thanks for listening and look out for next month's episode. <laughs>